Hare Krishna, dear devotees. <clears throat> Welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. I'm sitting here again by our good fortune with the Sankirtan party from Wales, um, Gopal Roy Prabhu, Bhaktarupa Prabhu, Ali Prabhu, and Meta. Bhaktamenta, Peta, sorry. Meta, that's like the new. Anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> and, and, and. Yeah. And, uh, and Sebastiano from London. Hare Krishna is coming to visit us today. We're very happy to have everybody here. We're so happy to have all of you out there in cyberspace, devotees who are actually developing a taste for hearing. Srila Prabhupada's books, direct. And what can I say? Anything more than that I can't say because it makes me too happy. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatan Goswami uh, glorifies the Srimad Bhagavatam in a very wonderful way. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana. Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kalidwandodita Aditya Sri Krishna Parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees O Master Srimad Bhagavatam You are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali You are the exact image of Sri Krishna Paramananda Pataya Premavarshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read. O life heir, I see the one. I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Mareka bando matsangin madguro man mahadana manistadagamad bhagya mad anandanamastute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin atini chochata kara hanamun chagadachen mam prem narit kantajokspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we've reached the fifth chapter of the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. This canto is called the process, or this chapter is called the process of creation. No, I'm sorry. Uh, what, what is it called? Cause of all causes. Cause of all causes. And we're starting with uh, text 20. And Lord Brahma is continuing to teach uh, Narada Muni, his mind born son. Narada Muni has asked Brahma if, if he's not the absolute truth, who is? 
text 20. O Brahmana, Narada, the superseer, the transcendent Lord, is beyond the perception of the material senses of the living entities because of the above-mentioned three modes of nature. But he is the controller of everyone, including me. Purport. In the Bhagavad Gita, 7.24 and 25, the Lord has declared very clearly that the impersonalist who gives more importance to the transcendental rays of the Lord as Brahmajyoti and who concludes that the absolute truth is ultimately impersonal and only manifests a form at a time of necessity is less intelligent than the personalist, however much the impersonalist may be engaged in studying the Vedanta. The fact is that such impersonalists are covered by the above-mentioned three modes of material nature. Therefore, they are unable to approach the transcendental personality of the Lord. The Lord is not approachable by everyone because he is curtained by his Yogamaya potency. But one should not wrongly conclude that the Lord was formerly unmanifested and has now manifested himself in the human form. This misconception of the formlessness of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is due to the Yogamaya curtain of the Lord and can be removed only by the Supreme Will as soon as the conditioned soul surrenders unto Him. The devotees of the Lord who were transcendental to the above-mentioned three modes of material nature can see the all-blissful transcendental form of the Lord with their vision of love in the attitude of pure devotional service. Text 21 By his own potency, the Lord, who is the controller of all energies, thus creates eternal time, the fate of all living entities, and the particular natures the living entities have accepted for being created again, before they had independently merged into him. Purport the creation of the material world wherein the conditioned souls are allowed to act subordinately by the Supreme Lord takes place again and again after being repeatedly annihilated. The material creation is something like a cloud in the unlimited sky. The real sky is the spiritual sky eternally filled with the rays of the Brahma Jyoti and a portion of this unlimited sky is covered by the Mahatattva cloud of the material creation, in which the conditioned souls who want to lord it over the material nature against the will of the Lord are put into play as they desire under the control of the Lord by the agency of this external energy. As the rainy season appears and disappears regularly, the creation takes place and is, and is again annihilated under the control of the Lord, as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 8.19. So the creation and the annihilation of the material worlds is a regular action of the Lord, just to allow the conditioned souls to play as they like and thereby create their own fate of being differently created again in terms of their independent desires at the time of annihilation. The creation, therefore, takes place at a historical date as we are accustomed to thinking of everything which has a beginning in our tiny experience. The process of creation and annihilation is called anadi or without, or without reference to date regarding the time the creation first took place because the duration of even a partial creation is 8,640,000,000 years. The law of creation is, however, as mentioned in the Vedic literatures, that it is created 
at certain intervals and is again annihilated by the will of the Lord. The whole material or even the spiritual creation is a manifestation of the energy of the Lord, just as the light and heat of a fire are different manifestations of the fire's energy. The Lord therefore exists in his impersonal form by such expansion of energy, and the complete creation rests on his impersonal feature. Nonetheless, he keeps himself distinct from such creation as the Purnam, or complete, and so no one should wrongly think, due to, Lord, the Lord, due to Lord's unlimited impersonal expansions, I think that means means a V there. Mm Nonetheless, he keeps himself distinct from such creation as the Purnam, or complete. And so no one should wrongly think, due to the Lord's unlimited impersonal expansions, that his personal feature is not existent. The impersonal expansions are a manifestation of his energy, and he is <clears throat> always in his personal feature, despite his innumerable unlimited expansions of impersonal energies. Bhagavad Gita 9.5-7 Do you have in your printed version, uh, due to the Lord's unlimited impersonal expansions? There's a V there. That's what I thought. Okay. My editor can't help it. For human intelligence, it is very difficult to conceive how the whole creation rests on his expansion of energy. Okay. For human intelligence, it is very difficult to conceive how the whole creation rests on his expansion of energy. But the Lord has given a very good example in the Bhagavad Gita. It is said that, that although the air and the atoms rest within the huge expansion of the sky, which is like the resting reservoir of everything materially created, still the sky remains separate and unaffected. Similarly, although the Supreme Lord maintains everything created by His expansion of energy, He always remains separate. This is accepted even by Shankaracharya, the great advocate of the impersonal form of the Absolute. He says, Narayana Padovyaktat, or Narayana exists separately, apart from the impersonal creative energy. The whole creation thus merges within the body of transcendental Narayana at the time of annihilation, and the creation emanates from his body again with the same unchanging categories of fate and individual nature. The individual living entities, being parts and parcels of the Lord, are sometimes described as Atma because they are qualitatively one with him in spiritual constitution, but because such living entities are apt to be attracted to the material creation actively and subjectively, they are therefore different from the Lord. Text 22 After the incarnation of the first Purusha, Karanar Navashayi Vishnu, the Mahatattva, or the principle of material creation, is generated, and then time is manifested, and in, and in course of time the three qualities appear. Nature means the three qualitative appearances. They transform into activities. Text 
purport. By the omnipotency of the Supreme Lord, the whole material creation evolves by the process of transformation and reactions, one after another. And by the same omnipotency, they are wound up again, one after another, and conserved in the body of the Supreme, uh, in the body of the Supreme. Kala, or time, is synonymous with nature and is the transformed manifestation of the principle of material creation. As such, Kala may be taken as the first cause of all creation, and by transformation of nature, different activities of the material world become visible. These activities may be taken up as the natural instinct of each and every living being, or even of inert objects. And after the manifestation of activities, there are varieties of products and byproducts of the same nature. Originally, these are all due to the Supreme Lord. The Vedanta Sutras and the Bhagavatam thus begin with the Absolute Truth as the beginning of all creations. Janmad Yasya Yataha Text 23 <clears throat> Material activities are caused by the Mahatattvas being agitated. At first there is the transformation of the modes of goodness and passion. And later, due to the mode of ignorance, matter, material knowledge, and the different activities of material knowledge come into play. Purport. Material creations of every description are more or less due to the development of the mode of passion, rajas. The Mahatattva is the principle of material creation, and when it is agitated by the will of the Supreme, at first the modes of passion and goodness become prominent. Afterwards, the mode of passion, having been generated, in due course material activities of different varieties become prominent, and the living entities are thus involved more and more in ignorance. Brahma is the representation of the mode of passion, and Vishnu is the representation of the mode of goodness, while the mode of ignorance is represented by Lord Shiva, the father of material activities. Material nature is called the mother, and the initiator for materialistic life is the father, Lord Shiva. All material creation by the living entities is therefore initiated by the mode of passion. With the advancement of a particular millennium, the different modes act by gradual development. In the age of Kali, when the mode of passion is most prominent, material activities of different varieties in the name of advancement of human civilization take place, and the living entities become more and more involved in forgetting their real identity, the spiritual nature. By a slight cultivation of the mode of goodness, a glimpse of the material nature is perceived. But due to the prominence of the mode of passion, the mode of goodness becomes adulterated. Therefore, one cannot transcend the limits of the material modes, and thereby, and therefore, realization of the Lord, who is always transcendental to the modes of material nature, becomes very difficult for the living entities, even though prominently situated in the mode of goodness through cultivation of the various methods. The gross material elements are adibhutam, their maintenance is adidaivam, and the initiator of material activities is called adhyatmam. In the material world, these three principles act as prominent features namely as raw material, its regular supplier, and its use by the bewildered entities for sense enjoyment in different varieties of material creations. <clears throat>
text 24. The self-centered, materialistic ego, thus being transformed into three features, becomes known as the modes of goodness, passion, and ignorance in three divisions, namely the powers that evolve matter, knowledge of material creations, and the intelligence that guides such materialistic activities. Narda, you are quite competent to understand this. Purport. Materialistic ego, or the sense of identification with matter, is grossly self-centered, devoid of clear knowledge of the existence of God, and this self-centered egoism of the materialistic living entities is the cause of their being conditioned by the other paraphernalia and continuing their bondage of material existence. In the Bhagavad Gita, this self-centered egoism is very nicely explained in the seventh chapter, verses 24 through 27. The self-centered impersonalist, without a clear conception of the personality of Godhead, concludes in his own way that the personality of Godhead takes a material shape from his original impersonal spiritual existence for a particular mission. And this misleading conception of the Supreme Lord by the self-centered impersonalist continues, even though he is seen to be very interested in the Vedic literatures, such as the Brahma Sutras and other highly intellectual sources of knowledge. This ignorance of the personal feature of the Lord is due simply to ignorance of the mixture of different modes. The impersonalist thus cannot conceive of the Lord's eternal spiritual form, of eternal knowledge, bliss, and existence. The reason is that the Lord reserves the right of not exposing himself to the non-devotee, who, even after a thorough study of literature like the Bhagavad Gita, remains an impersonalist simply by obstinacy. This obstinacy is due to the, rea the, the action of Yoga Maya, a personal energy of the Lord that acts like an aide-de-camp by covering the vision of the obstinate impersonalist. Such a bewildered human being is described as mudha, or grossly ignorant. Because he is unable to understand the transcendental form of the Lord as being unborn and unchangeable. If it were true that the Lord takes a form or material shape from his original impersonal feature, then that would mean he takes birth and is changeable from impersonal to personal. But he is not changeable, nor does he ever take a new birth like a conditioned soul. The conditioned soul may take a form birth after birth due to his conditional existence in matter, but the self-centered impersonalists, by their gross ignorance, accept the Lord as one of them because of self-centered egoism, even after so-called advancement of knowledge in the Vedanta. The Lord being situated in the heart of every individual living entity knows very well the tendency of such conditioned souls in terms of past, present, and future. But the bewildered conditioned soul hardly can know him in his eternal form. By the will of the Lord, therefore, the impersonalist, even after knowing the Brahman and Paramatma features of the Lord, remains ignorant of his eternal personal feature as ever-existent Narayana, transcendental to the material creation. The cause of such gross ignorance is constant engagement by the materialistic man in the matter of artificially increasing material demands. To realize the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one has to purify the materialistic senses by devotional service. The mode of goodness, 
or the Brahminical culture recommended in the Vedic literatures is helpful to such spiritual realization. And thus the Jnana Shakti stage of the conditioned soul is comparatively better than the other two stages, namely Drava Shakti and Kriya Shakti. The whole material civilization <clears throat> is manifested by a huge accumulation of materials, or in other words, raw materials for industrial purposes. And the industrial enterprises, Kriya Shakti, are all due to gross ignorance of spiritual life. In order to rectify this great anomaly of materialistic civilization based on the principles of Drava Shakti and Kriya Shakti, one has to adopt the process of devotional service of the Lord by adoption of the principles of Karma Yoga mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita 9.27 as follows. Yatkadoshi, Yadishnashi, Yajjahosi, Didasiyat, Yatapasyasi Konteya, Tatkarushwa, Madarpanam. Whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you offer or give away, and whatever austerities you perform, do that, O son of Kunti, as an offering unto me. Text 25. From the darkness of false ego, the first of the five elements, namely the sky, is generated. Its subtle form is the quality of sound, exactly as the seer is in relationship with the seen. Purport. The five elements, namely sky, air, fire, water, and earth, are all but different qualities of the darkness of false ego. This means that the false ego in the sum total form of Mahatattva is generated from the marginal potency of the Lord. And due to this false ego of lording it over the material creation, ingredients are generated for the false enjoyment of the living being. Practically speaking, the living being is the dominating factor over the material elements as the enjoyer, though the background is the Supreme Lord. Factually, save and accept the Lord, no one can be called the enjoyer, but the living entity falsely desires to become the enjoyer. This is the origin of false ego. When the bewildered living being desires this, this shadow elements are generated by the will of the Lord and the living entities are allowed to run after them as after the phantasmagoria. It's a mirage. It is said that, the, it is said that first the tanmatra sound is created, then the sky. And in this verse it is confirmed that actually it is so. But sound is the subtle form of the sky and the distinction is like that between the seer and the seen. The sound is the representation of the actual object. As the sound produced when one describes the object gives an idea of the object. Therefore sound is the subtle characteristic of the object. Similarly, the sound representation of the Lord in terms of his characteristics is the complete form of the Lord as was seen by Vasudev and Maharaj Dasharat, the fathers of Lord Krishna and Lord Rama. The sound representation of the Lord and his representation in sound are absolute knowledge. Lord Chaitanya has instructed us that in the holy name of the Lord a sound representation of the Lord, all the potencies of the Lord are invested. Thus, 
one can immediately enjoy the association of the Lord by the pure vibration of the sound representation of His holy name. And the concept of the Lord is immediately manifested before the pure devotee. A pure devotee, therefore, is not aloof from the Lord even for a moment. The holy name of the Lord as recommended in the Shastras, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, may therefore be constantly chanted by the devotee aspiring to be constantly in touch with the Supreme Lord. One who is thus, one who is thus able to associate with the Lord is sure to be delivered from the darkness of the created world which is a product of false ego, tamasima jyotir gama. Text 26-29 Because the sky is transformed, the air is generated with the quality of touch. And by previous succession, the air is also full of sound and the basic principles of duration of life, sense perception, mental power, and bodily strength. When the air is transformed in course of time and nature's course, fire is generated, taking shape with the sense of touch and sound. Since fire is also transformed, there is a manifestation of water full of juice and taste. As previously, it, is, it also has form and touch and is also full of sound. The water being transformed from all ver variegatedness on earth appears odorous and as previously becomes qualitatively full of juice, touch, sound and form respectively. Purport. The whole process of creation is an act of gradual evolution and development from one element to another, reaching up to the variegatedness of the earth as so many trees, plants, mountains, rivers, reptiles, birds, animals, and varieties of human beings. The quality of sense perception is also evolutionary namely generated from sound, then touch, from touch to form. Taste and odor are also generated, along with the gradual development of sky, air, fire, water, and earth. They are all mutually the cause and effect of one another. But the original cause is the Lord Himself, in the plenary portion as Mahavishnu, lying in the causal water of the Mahat Tattva. As such, Lord Krishna is described in the Brahma Sangita as the cause of all causes. And this is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 10.8 as follows. Aham sarvasya prabhavo matat sarvang pravartate iti matva bhajante mam buddha bhava samanvitaha I am the source of all spiritual and material worlds. Everything emanates from me. The wise who perfectly know this engage in my devotional service and worship me with all their hearts. The qualities of sense perception are fully represented in the earth and they are manifested in other elements to a lesser extent. In the sky there is sound only, whereas in the air there, is, there are sound and touch. In the fire there is sound, touch, and shape, and in the water there is taste also, along with the other perceptions, namely sound, touch, and shape. In the earth, however, there are, there are the above-mentioned qualities with an extra development of odor also. Therefore, on the earth there is a full display of variegated, variegatedness of life, which is originally started with the basic principle of air. Diseases of the body take place 
due to derangement of the air of air within the earthly body of the living beings. Mental diseases result from special derangement of the air within the body, and as such, yogic exercise is especially beneficial to keep the air in order, so that diseases of the body become almost nil by such exercises. When they are properly done, the duration of life also increases, and one can have control over death also by such practices. A perfect yogi can have command over death and quit the body at the right moment when he is competent to transfer himself to a suitable planet. The bhakti yogi, however, surpasses all other yogis because by dint of his devotional service, he is promoted to the region beyond the material sky and is placed in one of the planets in the spiritual sky by the supreme will of the Lord, the controller of everything. And believe it or not, it's 7.55. My, how time flies when you're having a great time. Okay, we'll stop here, our reading, tonight, and we'll start again tomorrow at text 30. And I'm just sitting here, anticipating the reflections of the Vaishnava sages. Hare Krishna. Okay, I think Bhakti Rupa's got something up his sleeve. <laughs> Thanks, Marsh. Thank you, Bhakti Rupa. <clears throat> Just thinking, like, um, before, before I had like, before we found Prabhupada's books, this was, this was the question, like, what, what is this universe? Like, what are we doing here? What is this? That's you know? it. And it's just, it's like so explained. Like you could, like it's just so clear, like systematically. Systematic, uh, yeah. comprehensive, yeah. thorough. Mm. And it's not like sentimental. And it's just like. There's a saying you can't make this stuff up. No, <laughs> exactly. It's really. And we're just giving these out on the street to people. You know? I know. Mm. Like. I know. <laughs> just loads of them. I know, and it's so uh, nectarian to do this, mm. to read like this, and then take the book you're reading. Yeah. And go, we used, this is what we used to do mm. in, toward the beginning. Mm. You know, a different book would come out every month or two, and we would just like absorb it mm. and just rush out the door to give it to people. It was ecstatic. And we were hearing things that had never been heard before in the Western world. Mm. You can imagine. I was given... Well, anyway, I won't tell the story behind it, but Rameswar Prabhu sent me the first box of Chaitanya Charitamrita off, right off the plane, and he dealt and dashed it to me in Tampa, Florida, where I was managing the Radha party. And I just, I'll never forget, you know, going in, getting the box in, on the, in the car on the way back. It took about 45 minutes. I took out all the volumes and looked at them tears coming out of the eyes, seeing the photos and the paintings. And it was just a transcendental experience. We got back, put it on the altar, put them on the altar, did RT and ecstatic kirtan. And then that next day, I gave up crunching the numbers because that's what you do when you manage big things like that. There was more than 100 devotees. You can imagine you got how many, how many devotees out now? 10? 12? Yeah, well, about maybe 120, 130, and they're traveling all over America, which is a lot bigger than this place. And we had no cell phones, no computers, no internet. We had to meet them in phone booths. We had to know what the number of the phone booth was that they were going to be at, and they had to be there. And we met like that. And then they told us what we needed, or Sometimes they were bewildered, mental, whatever, you know, you get mental sometimes. And they would call me up. 
So rather than do all the normal things, I just read the Chaitanya Charitamrita. That's all I did for about a year. And the, the results just went... So these books are not ordinary books, not ordinary sound. So yes, before we met these books, we had no idea what was going on. And now we've got a much clearer idea of what's going on. It says in the Gita that it's, it's difficult to meet someone who understands uh, these concepts and can, in all detail, in intricate detail, explain it. That's how you realize. You hear, you understand, and then you explain it to somebody else. And you keep doing that over and over and over again for years and years and years and years, and it sinks in. Kind of like osmosis. It sinks in. It's not intellectual. It's not an academic exercise where you memorize a whole bunch of facts, a whole bunch of information content, and then write it out on a piece of paper and then forget it which is what mundane education is like. Okay. Hare Krishna. There's Something else. Yeah, Dr. Rupa, he, he's, he's motivated. He's like, he's on a roll, you know. No, it's just because me and Peta, like a few moments ago, we were reading uh, 15th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Oh. And it was talking about how this material world is like, like a, a reflection and like the water reflects the tree, our the desire of the jiva is the reflect what creates the reflection. Exactly, and that's exactly what we yeah, just heard. That's what that's I was right. thinking about. That like it all connects together. So it's like exactly. <laughs> so it, it, it's it's it seems repetitive, and it is in some ways, but repetition is necessary for thorough understanding and for getting something. Like when we were in, in school, in the first grade, and we had to learn the numbers, they wouldn't let you go to the second grade unless you knew it. You know, the multiplication table, division tables. What's six times six? You don't have to think about it. 36, everybody knows. And that's because the teacher drilled it into you, you know, <laughs> to the point where you couldn't forget it. Of course, when we're young like that, our, our minds are more, you know, capable of remembering and digesting things and, and re maintaining them, retaining them. But even, you know, me, like an old man still, I got my numbers, nine times nine is 81. I don't have to think about it. I can still do my arithmetic and all that stuff. Yeah, so it's important that we hear these intricate details of the creation and how it came to be and etc etc and then learn how to explain it to another person it's awkward at first because it's hard to put all the pieces together but once you've heard it in the, in the first canto the second canto and the third canto and in the third canto Kapila Dev really lays out the details you know and then it's easier and all for the purpose of understanding the glories of Krishna, so that when you get to the tenth canto and see how he's stealing butter from the neighbors and running around with girls and all the things that he does, you know you won't make a mistake in thinking he's just this is just ordinary activity. It's all meant to bring us closer to Krishna, actually, and it's not that the gopis and the coward boys didn't know these things. They knew who Krishna was. If you read the prayers in the 10th canto from gopis to Krishna, they're often mentioning things like, you're the source of everything, and you're doing this and you're doing that, but still, well, what are you doing? Why, you want us to go away? What are you, crazy? <laughs> you know? So only very confidential, intimate devotees can treat Krishna like that. And Krishna likes it more than the person who, you know, chants Vedic hymns and does big sacrifices and is attached to the opulence and, the, you know, 
awe and reverence to, for the Lord. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Okay. We have some things from cyberspace, I think. First is from Roy Kano Devi Dasi. Roy Kano Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna. She says, Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. All glories to his divine grace. And from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Jai Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Bo. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled sages, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Ho Maharaj for your daily reading service of Sri the Prabhupada's books. Hare Krishna, thank you very much. Everybody needs encouragement. <laughs> and from Rati Manjari. Hey Rati, Hare Krishna. She says, Jai Guru Maharaj. Kindly weave the thread of wisdom that ties my day together and makes sense of everything. Hare Krishna. Hare Bo. And from Bhakta Christopher. Yes, Bhakta Christopher. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. <coughs> All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. All glories to his divine grace. All glories to his transcendental intelligence and his transcendental capacity to express things in simple English so that anyone can understand. This is super intelligence. And from Rasika Shiramani. Haribo Rasika. He says, Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, all glories to the transcendental inundation of Srimad Bhagavatam flowing from Hive Haven and your merciful heart. <laughs> Thank you again and again. Hare Krishna. Thank you. And from Jagamohan. Haribo Jagamohan. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj and assembled sages, please accept my respectful obeisances. In this chapter, we heard a lot about self centered egoism. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, that is a perfect way to sum up our collective and my personal state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Prabhupada delivers the truth like no one else can. Yes, that's a fact. All glories to his divine grace. Because he's not making anything up. Prajahadi Yadakama Sarvan Partha Manogatan. We can give up the tendency to, we can give up the mental, the desires that come into being by mental concoction. Then we can start to act and live spiritually. Hare Krishna. Uddhava Das. Uddhava, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, all glories to your service and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Hare I am very thankful for your daily readings of Sri the Prabhupada's books, which I listen to on YouTube and which are keeping me alive. I came over to Facebook to ask if you will also be reading the nectar of devotion. That would be nectar. You know, I haven't thought about it. Um, it's possible. But I have to finish the Bhagavatam first. And uh, I don't know how that long that's going to take. I don't know how much long I'm, I'm going to live. So I don't know. I can't say for sure. Hopefully I'll get to it. It's a good idea. It's a great idea. But I have to finish the Bhagavatam first before I think of anything else. That's going to take quite some time at the rate we're going. Thanks for the suggestion, dear Uddhava. And this is from Daitari Hari. Daitari Hari, Hari Bo, the comrades are over here. 
Hare Krishna Maharaj, thanks for tonight's reading. We hear it quite often, but Prabhupada really went into detail tonight when he described how only Krishna can factually be the enjoyer and that we can't, but that when we desire to occupy that position, the shadow energy generates the false ego along with the ten matras. Mm. I really feel like the vast majority of the time I see myself as the enjoyer and feel like even though I'm officially a devotee practicing sadhana bhakti, Krishna is tailoring particular personal situations for me to be purified in the hope that I wake up. It's good to hear these points that Prabhupada makes again and again from slightly different angles. It really gets the point across and gets me to see the point from a broader perspective. Yes, nice point, nice point. And I would like to read something to you from the 10th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, if you could reach it, uh, chapter 14, which means second volume, I think. Yeah. This is an explanation of how it is that devotees appear to still be conditioned. Even if they're not. Oh. oh. Here it is. This is one of the most uh, quoted or paraphrased verses by Śrīla Prabhupāda. Tate nu kampam. This is 10.14.8. Tate nu kampam susamikshamāno bunjāna evatmikritang vipākam ridvāg bapur bir vididan namaste my dear Lord, one who earnestly waits for you to bestow your causeless mercy upon him, all the while patiently suffering the reactions of his past misdeeds and offering you respectful obeisances with his heart, words, and body, is surely eligible for liberation, for it has become his rightful claim. Purport. This is a very important purport. This is for you, Daityari Das. Daityari Hari. Purport. Srila Sridhar Swami explains in his commentary that just as a legitimate son has to simply remain alive to gain the inheritance from his father, one who simply remains alive in Krishna consciousness following the regulated principles of bhakti-yoga, automatically becomes eligible to receive the mercy of the Personality of Godhead. In other words, he will be promoted to the Kingdom of God. The word susamikshamana indicates that a devotee earnestly awaits the mercy of the Supreme Lord, even while suffering the painful effects of previous sinful activities. Lord Krishna explains in the Bhagavad Gita that a devotee who fully surrenders unto him is no longer liable to suffer the reactions of his previous karma, Sarvadharma Prajaja. However, because in his mind a devotee may still maintain the remnants of his previous sinful mentality, the Lord removes the last vestiges of the enjoying spirit by giving his devotee punishments that may sometimes resemble sinful reactions. The purpose of the entire creation of God is to rectify the living entity's tendency to enjoy without the Lord. And therefore, the particular punishment given for a sinful activity is specifically designed to curtail the mentality that produced the activity. Although a devotee has surrendered to the Lord's devotional service, 
until he is completely perfect in Christian consciousness, he may maintain a slight inclination to enjoy the false happiness of this world. The Lord, therefore, creates a particular situation to eradicate this remaining enjoying spirit. This unhappiness suffered by a sincere devotee is not technically a karmic reaction. It is rather the Lord's special mercy for inducing his devotee to completely let go of the material world and return home back to Godhead. A sincere devotee earnestly desires to go back to the Lord's abode. Therefore, he willingly accepts the Lord's merciful punishment and continues offering, continues offering respects and obeisances to the Lord with his heart, words, and body. Such a bona fide servant of the Lord, considering all hardship a small price to pay for gaining the personal association of the Lord, certainly becomes a legitimate son of God, as indicated here by the words Daya, Bach. Just as one cannot approach the sun without becoming fire, one cannot approach the supreme pure Lord Krishna without undergoing a rigid purificatory process, which may appear like suffering, but which, in, which is in fact a curative treatment administered by the personal hand of the Lord. That explains it perfectly. Krishna. This is from Dan Gibson. Dan Gibson. We got some newcomers coming aboard. It's amazing. Just since you've come here, you've attracted some new newcomers. My deep thanks to Bhakti Rupa. You are a great guy, and I hope our paths cross again one day. My blessings. You met him. Is this somebody you met? <laughs> I guess we don't know where he's from. Dan Gibson. Was it Dan Gibson? Where are you from? Where do you live? You may be close to us. Huh? Maidstone. Not so far away. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> nice. Anyway, Dan, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. We're here for you whenever you whenever you want. From Subhrav Rajagopal. Subhroy Subhal Roy. Hari Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. <coughs> Thank you for the reading service, Maharaj. When you were reading the purport two five twenty three, I remembered the Bhagavad Gita verse. By a slight cultivation of the mode of goodness a glimpse of spiritual nature is perceived. Mm. But due to the prominence of the mode of passion, the bonus the, the mode of goodness becomes adulterated. Mm. Bhagavad Gita 2.40 Swapam apyasya In this endeavor there is no loss or diminution, and a little advancement on this path can protect one from the most dangerous type of fear. Mm. Thank you, Maharaj. Hare Krishna, thank you for that reflection. Yes, and we just heard from Siddhar Swami why that's true. Because as soon as you actually surrender yourself, then Krishna takes care of you. He takes charge of anyone who sincerely, from the core of the heart, surrenders himself to Krishna. Even if you're not perfect, even if you think you're not this, you're not that. But Krishna appreciates it very much. He takes care of you from then, from then on. From Anandamurti Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna Anandamurti. She's from Osaka. Dear 
Japan. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's wonderful reading. Today we heard about material creation and how devotional service is transcendental to those material conceptions. Yesterday, seven devotees together went out on Harinam in Osaka Center and chanted the Mahamantra with many people. I distributed three Bhagavad Gita. There were three young people and I gave Bhagavad Gita to one of them. He very much appreciated it and then gave me a donation. Then other two boys and girl also gave me donations and their attitudes were all very sincere. Mm. although I didn't have a book for them. Mm. So I just gave them the mantra card, Om Tat Sat. Thank you very much for the report there, Nandamurti. She's doing this all by herself. She's out there by herself and she's doing all this. Amazing. Devoi. Amazing. From Rati Manjari. Hari Krishna Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Today I went out on book distribution together with one of my old friends whom I used to live in the ashram with. We stood in the springtime sun for three hours and presented and distributed Srila Prabhupada's books to many people. It felt so fresh and right, especially to be standing on the street again with my old friend Bhaktin Maina. Thank you for inspiring me day after day about the significance of these books. Please pray for us that we can go out on book distribution for many more days and give out the mercy to the people. May you may you do it, Rati. I keep thinking, what's the possibility of you doing it full time? You know, you can uh, maintain yourself easier like doing that than anything else. But anyway... Whatever it is you have to do, you have to do. But thank you for going out and distributing these books. It's really wonderful news. And from Daichari Hari. Daichari Hari. He says, that was really nice. You were just able to pick up one of Prabhupada's books and read an exact purport that addresses the point perfectly. Thank you. Well, thank you, thank you. We don't have the memory like Jiva Goswami, but we can, by practice over many, many years, learn where the, the main things are so we can go to them. Yeah. I mean, when I was in So Street from 1987, end of, no, beginning of 87 to the end of 94, I did a question and answer session every day, almost every day. Uh, and I met literally thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and it became kind of famous. And I learned pretty quickly that there's not that many varieties of questions that people ask. So I just figured out which answers worked, and I'd keep working those answers, working those answers, working those answers, and it became very potent. And by doing that also, you learn where to find them in the books. So may we may not be scholars, but by constant hearing and chanting and trying to explain to others, we will be given the intelligence to know where to look in the books. From Bhakti Christopher. Bhakti Christopher, Hare Krishna. He says, Hare Krishna. Hearing that Krishna is so merciful is great. Being a well-wisher to all living entities can be hard sometimes. People don't make it easy to be kind, and it is reassuring to hear about the mercy of the Lord. Thank you for this daily nectar. All glories to Shri. Very nice reflection. Very nice reflection. Yes. Amanina manadena. If you learn to give respect, even though you don't get respect back, then you become transcendental. You become eligible to chant constantly. Yes. That's how you get a taste. Hare Krishna. 
24 after, gentlemen. We're going to close our daily readings for today, 2nd of April, 2022. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Jai. Samabeda Bhaktabrinda Ki Jai. Jai. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic as Brahma enlightens Narada about what's going on here. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow.